This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is August 8th, 2022. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Hi, my name is Anthony Schlute, and I was at Hofstra Radio from spring of 04 to spring of 06. Okay. What shows or programs did you work on at WRHU? I worked on Hofstra Morning Wake Up Call as one of the engineers. I also did uh, some Newsline. Uh, some uh, I did Uncharted Territory. Uh, I tracked the first show I tracked while I was uh, a trainee was Aggressive Edge, and I I think I did a few shows after uh, my train uh, going through the the trainee program. Okay, okay. Did you work on any of the weekend shows or public affairs shows? Uh, I also did a a lot of the. I was part of the sports uh, department, so I did a lot of the sports broadcasts. For like okay. baseball, softball, lacrosse, mo- any any sport that was on uh, that was broadcasted by WRSU Sports, I was involved somehow, somewhere. Okay. Um, did you have any titles or positions at the station? Uh, towards the end of my time, I was the assistant technical engineer. Do you mind explaining what that position was? Because that's that's a different that's a new one on me. <laughs> that uh, that was a. That was a newer position towards my time, and basically what it was, I was uh, under the head engineer and the uh, technical engineer. Uh, the head engineer at the time was Joe DeRosa, and the technical engineer at the time was uh, Diana, Diana English, excuse me. And then basically I helped them as far as like setting up uh, the technical workshops where we taught uh, people about the technical aspects of um, RHU, like the EAS tests, how those were conducted, and how we were supposed to do those. And um, basically, made sure any equipment issues were handled. Okay, I'm not going to ask you now, mm-hmm. but even even the time that I was there, at program director and station manager, I never understood the EA, EAS test system and what we were supposed to do if we were in the studio. If if you had to explain it now, and again, I'm not asking you to. <laughs> if you had to explain it now, could you? I I think I I could because I'm still dealing with it now at my at my current job. So. All right. um, Basically what it is, there's two types of tests. You have a weekly test, which comes in every week, and then you have a monthly test, which is once a month. Now, the trick is with the monthly test, when that comes in, you can run that test in place of a weekly. Oh. The only difference is, as a station, a station can originate a weekly test. A monthly test is part of a relay. So, like, if you get a monthly, you then forward it out. But you don't originate it. The weekly test starts with you, if that makes sense. Got it. That does that does make sense. And and uh, um, hopefully I pre- be prepared for a test right now. But um, <laughs> no, that's, a, that's as, as good an explanation as I've, I've ever heard. So uh, thank you for indulging me there. Uh, while you were at the station, did you have any on-air names or nicknames or did, did you use your own name? When I did Uncharted Territory, I called myself Maestro. Just, I just came up with that on the fly. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, this is a two-part question. Um, I'd love to know what brings people to the radio station to begin with. So if you could explain that. And the second part is when you got to Hofstra radio, could you describe it? Could you paint a picture for those of us who weren't there at the same time? What did it look like? What did it smell like? Who were the people that you met there? What was the environment like when you first arrived at WRHU? 
Uh, okay. Uh, what brought me to RHU? WRHU, I should say. Um, I remember freshman year, and that was I want to say I want to say fall two. I had seen that. Uh, I forget, I don't know who I saw. They had like a setup somewhere on campus, mm-hmm. and I uh, I think I might have stopped by, talked to somebody for a little bit. And then I, I remember leaving thinking, hmm, maybe that's m- something I might want to do. But for whatever reason, I put it on the back burner and I just never got to it freshman year. Then I want to say in the middle of, like, I want to say intermission of sophomore year, mm-hmm. somehow, some way, I came across, I think, uh, again, another setup somewhere on campus. And I think I might have bumped into... Alicia Batnelli at the time. I don't remember her. I don't remember her position at the time. This might have been either at right before or right after she got station manager. But I just remember talking to her, and that's what led me uh, led me to um, signing up for uh, the 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 trainee class for spring '04. Okay. Okay. Had you? had an interest in radio or broadcasting before that, or was this just something that you saw and was like, that's new, that's different. Let me check that out. I I had, cause I, I was a communications major. I, I went to a uh, Hasha for broadcast journalism. And like I said, I, I thought about it freshman year, but for whatever reason, I just put it off to, uh, to the back burner and it just came up again at that random point. Sophomore year, I was like, you know, last year I wanted to do it, but I didn't do it this year. It popped up again. Maybe that's a sign. And so I decided to go with that. Okay. Yeah, freshman year can be a little confusing and, and keeping track of things. I, I get it. I understand. But when you when you, you meet Alicia and uh, there's this 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 uh, demonstration, whatever it is, you go down to the radio station. Um, what were you expecting it to be? What did you think it was going to look like? Did you have any uh, expectations or uh, was it just a total surprise? Like what was going on there? <sighs> I I don't know what I was expecting it to be. I I figured it'd be a fun environment because I'm like it's a bunch of college kids. Pretty much they can do whatever they want for the most part, as long as they keep it you know mm-hmm. under under control. Mm-hmm. And I figured we broadcast twenty four seven. You could be on the air whenever you wanted. What what more could you want? Okay. And what about the studios and facilities? What uh, Could you describe a little bit of what you may have seen when you first walked in? This was before the automation days. So um, I don't know if I was expecting them to have automation, but when I found out we didn't have automation, I was kind of surprised because I figured that a college station, especially like at the time, they were um, promoting the fact that they provided pre-professional broadcast training we would have automation but i understand you know at the same time automation is expensive mm-hmm. so it's like what what can you have versus what you can't have if that makes sense yeah 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 absolutely um all right so so you make this meeting with uh, alicia you go down to the station um i assume there's a training class uh, engineering announcing uh what do they do to prepare you to get on the air well, they do, um, like I said, um, I mentioned uh, before we started uh, recording uh, the engineering workshops. They had engineering workshops, and they also had broadcasting workshops. So if you were in the 
trainee program, you did both. Eventually, you did both workshops. Okay. They had like a whole curriculum set up where you uh, took some class. It was basically a college class without it being an official college class. Right. Was that being led by Bruce Avery or was it led by students? It was a combination of Bruce, Alicia, I want to say Nick Rafter, who was the program director, uh, Alina Forescu, who was the personnel director, and the music director. And I can't remember who the music director was at the time. But it was basically Bruce and the executive board at the time leading the uh, trainee program. Okay. Do you remember anything that you learned specifically or any good advice or maybe something that happened during tracking or, or getting, you know, ready to do a demo? Uh, what was going on in those, in those training programs? The, the one thing I, I remember and I remember to this day was um, uh, when Bruce would give his speech, he, he said he led it with um, this line and it stuck with me to this day. I like to sleep nights. That's the, that's the one thing I remember. <laughs> yep. A lot of people have mentioned that <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Um, and then there probably would have mentioned of the, the parachute. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh gosh. I remember they would talk about how we could be inspected by the FCC because we had the FCC license. And I was like, yeah, what are the odds that's going to happen? And then the one time it, I don't remember what year it happened, but it actually did happen. But we actually passed, so that was a good thing. But I know people were nervous when um, the inspector was there. That's the one thing I remember from the story. Wow. So you were you were at the station or, or, or during the time when there was a surprise inspection by the FCC? Do you remember it was, anything it was, about that? It was during my time, but I wasn't there when it happened. Okay. Luckily for me. <laughs> I got so nervous. Yeah, that, that, was, that was always a thing that you always have to be and, – and some people take that very – you know, much to heart and they're, they're in perpetual fear of that. And other people are like, nah, it'll never happen. And and you were there, you were, or at least you were there at the time. So I just, uh, what were the odds though? What were the odds I would actually ha- have it? So like, I didn't, you took what they said seriously, but you just didn't think it could happen, but then it did. You mentioned that you were studying broadcast journalism before you got to the radio station. Were you doing things with the TV side? Did you have any sort of reporting or broadcasting experience? Uh, no, not really. I just, even though that was my major, I did mo- most of my broadcasting. The fun stuff I got to do was mostly through the radio station. Whether it be the the, the election night coverage or the college sports broadcast. Most of the fun stuff I got to do was mostly on the radio side. Okay. Um, so you go through the training class, you get cleared. I guess this this would have been, I guess, you said this sophomore year, uh, the spring semester of your sophomore year? Yeah. Right? yeah. So so once you get cleared on the air, what, what happens next? Do you remember your first time getting on the air or your feelings about getting on the air? I was so nervous. Oh, yeah. man. I think the first... I think the first show I did after passing the training program was um, my first solo shift of uncharted territory. And it's, you know, you think you can handle it. You think you're ready for it. And then you press the on-air mic. I mean, you press the on-air button for the mic and then it's like, you're on air. It's like, wow, what do you say? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to remember if I had something prepared or if I went off the fly. I probably went off the fly because I was better off the fly than reading off script at the time. 
Right. But I was so nervous. Oh, man, my early breaks, I was so nervous. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's true for a lot of us. So, But the um, the Uncharted Territory, was that one of the shows that you were tracking with? Uh, you Had you experienced with that beforehand? I tracked with it a little bit. I remember mostly tracking with Aggressive Edge because that okay. uh, worked with my, my schedule at the time. Okay. And I tracked with uh, a, a buddy of mine, Mike Solano, who was one of the uh, hosts for Aggressive Edge at the time. Okay. Um, so after the, that initial case of nerves, do you, do you, was there a time period where you felt comfortable on the air? Was there a particular incident where you're like, okay, I got this? Or was it just a gradual feeling of, of building up and getting used to it? It's, it's one of those things where it's the more that you do it, the more you feel at ease with it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the best way I could describe it. I don't know if there was a particular time a particular time where I felt like I had it. I just know that the more I did it, the better I was at it. Um, you mentioned earlier working with uh, the sports department and with Newsline. Do you remember any of the early games that you worked on or uh, any of the early news stories that you did? I don't remember the news stories, but we did so many broadcasts. I remember so many games with uh, – Especially basketball games, I remember. Uh, oh, there so many, so many games, so many of the basketball games, the football games. I remember we did some simulcast with HLI. Trying to keep track of it all right now, it's just it's years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, it, a lot of it comes back as as we're talking, or it'll come back uh, an an hour later. Um, I, I think this was before we started recording. You were mentioning that you were interested in in a number of different sports. Was there a particular sport that you were really looking forward to broadcasting or working on? Basketball. Basketball was um, basketball was one of my favorites. I wasn't in studio for it, but I was uh, I was around for when Hofstra beat uh, George Mason when it was top twenty five, and then uh, a few weeks later it would beat it in the conference tournament. That was the year when everybody thought that. Hasha was going to go to the um, NCAA tournament, but Georgia Mason went instead. That was a crazy night. I remember that. Even though I wasn't in the broadcast crew, I was around for that. Is it, do you, a time like that, you know, we, we all have our rooting interests. Is it, is it hard to keep the rooting interests separate from the reporting, or is that something that you learn to do, or is it just, you know, you just go with, with the moment? Um, for me, it wasn't that hard because luckily I, I wasn't part of the broadcast that night. Yeah. But if I had been, it'd been, it would have been tough. <laughs> it would have been very tough. Got it. Um, next question is more about sort of the, the, the social angle of things. You mentioned a number of names, uh, Alina and Alicia, um, a couple other people, uh, who was around at the time that helped you feel comfortable at the station that made you feel like, Oh, I want to spend my time, you know, when I'm, even when I'm not broadcasting here, that maybe I'm, I'm hanging out at the station or I'm, I'm putting in some time. I want to say Mike Solano. He, uh, when I was tracking with him for aggressive edge, he made me feel pretty comfortable. I got to hang out with Andy Gladding. Also he was, um, I don't know if I tracked with him or he just invited me to hang out with him while he was broadcasting. Probably invited me to hang with him while he was broadcasting, but uh, Andy Gladding, he was a fun dude. He's still a fun dude. I haven't seen him in a while, but that was just, that's just the one thing I always remembered about him. 
Yeah, that is something that everybody says. I, I interviewed him uh, a couple months back, or was it last summer? And uh, a few people have mentioned, and that's that's a consistent theme. And he's still working with the radio station, which is which is pretty remarkable. Those those kids coming in now are are getting quite an experience working with him. Yeah, and I I heard he uh, recently got hired as the operations manager, and I fit, uh, that's awesome. Uh, they couldn't get a better engineering guy. Um, could you? I mean, it's impossible, but but could you have imagined Andy back then, eventually becoming a person, an adult, a supervisor who's who's helping to run the station? <laughs> we don't we don't have to air that part if you don't want to answer honestly. <laughs> honestly, surprising because how do I put this? He was he was a party guy. That's the best way to put it. And he was always the life of the party. Yeah. But I, I also got the impression from him that he really loved radio, the the medium, oh. the technical aspects, the people that he really, yeah, really loved. Yeah. He, I can't think of not many people when it comes to technical aspects of radio who know their stuff more than he does, honestly. And that's not me being a hype man or anything. That's 100% truth right there. Like he knows his stuff when it comes to technical, technical aspects of radio. Um. In terms of, uh, did you did you go out and start uh, uh, doing games in person, or were you more doing studio stuff? In studio, or, or more of the 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 technical side. I got to do a little broadcasting, but I mostly did um, the engineering. For some reason, I'm a I'm a technical guy. I don't know why. It just appeals to me. So can we talk a little bit about that? Were, were there particular things that you were seeing in the studio or things that you wanted to learn as you were getting started there at the station and you were like, I want to know how that thing works or show me what that is. Were there things that really piqued your interest as you were new at the station? Uh, I, one thing I wanted to learn was like, how did we make uh, drops or mixers, sound effects for certain shows, especially the for uh, our sports broadcasts? Mm-hmm. That was... um something I wanted to do. And I got to do that for um, one year. I got to do that for the Empire Challenge, the, the Empire Challenge that we do, the Empire Challenge broadcast that we, uh, at the time we did, I don't know if we still do it, but I know that we would, uh, during my time, we did it every summer. And um, Josh Harmon, who was uh, the, I want to say the sports engineer at the time, he let me do, uh, he let me work on a project that where I could uh, do an element for the broadcast and I got to pick the sound that I wanted and play with it till I got it the way I needed it to be for the broadcast. And it worked out pretty well. And Josh helped me out with uh, that a lot. So I owe him a lot for that. Cool. Um, so at the time, were you working with uh, kind of software or programs? What was what was the process of, of working with that sound and, and turning it into something you wanted to use? I want to say we were using either Adobe Audition at the time or WaveLab. I think that's what we did with the, uh, the, the montage I worked on for the Empire Challenge. It was either Audition or WaveLab, one of the two. Okay. 
Okay. Um, it seems like you had, you know, uh, over the course of your time at WRHU, or, or at least maybe at the beginning, um, your hand in a lot of different areas. You're doing Aggressive Edge, which is metal, the Uncharted Territory, which I guess is more pop stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You're doing sports stuff, new stuff. Was that by design, or was that just, just the way that things happened? Did you have a goal in mind, or was it, it just... Was- Open-minded. I want to say I want to say it was a little open-minded, a little by design. I've always been, I've always been this person. I never wanted to do just one thing. I wanted to see what I could learn from different areas, from something. If that makes sense. If I was in a wherever I was, if there was, if it offered me the chance to do multiple things, try different areas of something I cared about. In this case, radio. I figured, why not be open to it. That's that's very cool, and it's nice that the the environment at the station was welcoming to say, "Hey, do you want to do this?" Because you're like I said, you're doing a lot of different things. It's not like there's a commonality with some of those things. It's sort of uh, you're 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 going into different areas of the the radio station culture, and it seems like it was pretty open to experimentation. The way I saw it, if you're there and you're trying to figure out where you want to fit. What better way to do it than to get your feet wet as much as possible? Absolutely. Because if you're just going to try one thing, you can try that one thing, but what about the other things that the radio station has to offer? You're just going to let that go by the wayside? That doesn't make sense. To me. To me. I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for me. Okay. Um, We have the benefit of hindsight. We're looking back. Uh, at the the people that you met, the relationships, the experience that you got. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to try to go back to your mindset that that sophomore year as you're finding the station again and deciding, well, I'm really going to go over there and, and see what it's about. At that moment in time, what did you hope Hofstra Radio would be and what did it become? At the time, um, I didn't have many thoughts about what it could be when I was there. Well, when I first got there, but when I when I left, the one thing I was hoping that they would have uh, at some point was automation. I always felt that towards the end, I always felt that that was the one thing that was missing that we didn't have. Just so that people, uh, even though I missed out on doing getting to use it myself, whoever came after had that experience, especially when they would go out into the professional world. So could you explain that a little bit more? Like, why did you think that was important for, let's say, your career or the people coming afterwards? Um, just to have that experience, because when you go into the professional world of, um, especially with radio... Most of the professional stations have automation. Mm -hmm. It just gives you a leg up over the competition that you're used to working with automation as opposed to other people who aren't. Okay. Okay. Well, Anthony, this is this has been uh, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed hearing your stories and and the various experiences. And uh, I'm going to come up with some more questions and hopefully you have some more stories to share. Thank you for having me.